This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We have seen a lot of efforts to fight climate change, from individual consumer choices to young people joining in coordinated global protests. But there's also something called climate finance, and that's using your dollars to reward companies that invest in renewable energy or to hold accountable those companies with bigger carbon footprints. That's happening at the local level across the country. Take Chicago, for example. Chicago City Council voted this week to ban city investments in fossil fuel companies. It's part of an effort to to help fight climate change. The Windy City is the latest to join the divestment train. New York, New Orleans, Houston, Los Angeles, and other cities have made similar moves. And that effort to hold companies that may contribute to climate change accountable is now happening at the national level, too. The Securities and Exchange Commission just unveiled a proposal that's more than 500 pages long that would mandate new climate risk disclosures. So what does this all mean for you? And what role does climate finance play in the fight against climate change? Here to break it down for us is Karen Weigert, Reset Sustainability Contributor and Director of Loyola University Chicago's Baumhart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. Hi, Karen. Hey, Sasha. Also with us is Mamadou Abu Sar. He is the president and co-founder of V-Square Quantitative Management, an asset management company that's focused on sustainable investment. Welcome, Mamadou. Thank you, Sasha. Karen, let's start with you. I just mentioned uh, cities divesting from companies that have these large carbon footprints. This new proposal from the SEC, which we'll get to in a minute, um, but in your view, how significant are these efforts? These are definitely significant, and uh, they're significant in the sense that they're both about using dollars to drive impact on climate. We so often look at buildings and look at cars and look directly at the source of the emissions. But This is about thinking broadly about the very many ways to have impact. But what's also interesting here is the city is about one organization making a choice that it has the ability to execute, whereas the SEC is about driving information throughout the entire economy and looking at scale in a different way. Yeah. Well, what role do you think climate finance plays in the fight against climate change? It's an absolutely significant one, because in shorthand, if you think about it, this is about how do you pay for the changes that are needed to broadly reduce emissions, or how do you make it harder to pay for things that are driving up emissions? And so these are various ways to look at those pathways and ensure that the dollars are going towards solutions that are of interest. But that can only happen if organizations have information in, at their fingertips and then if organizations actually take steps against those. So this is changing the game in a sense about how dollars might flow. All right, Mamadou, help us get into this uh, new proposal from the Securities and Exchange Commission. What is it and what would it do? Right. So I'll try to summarize the 500 pages into just a, just a headline. The proposal is aimed at requiring companies to disclose the, how they integrate climate risks and opportunities into their governance and corporate strategy. Now, Sasha, it is a very important distinction versus what the SEC is doing traditionally when it comes to reporting. Now, what we see is that we are moving towards a prescriptive climate-related disclosure, regime that mandates reporting that is more detailed regardless of the materiality. And it's very interesting and fascinating to see that the SEC is willing to move ahead with the prescriptive climate-related disclosure Mm -hmm. and asking companies to provide more information. Now, the critical part of the puzzle, Sasha, is that it helps with better standardization of information. 
And as a consumer, if you sit at home and you're looking at all these brands, it allows you to get a better sense of how they are taking climate seriously or not, and how that impacts as well the consumer price for products and the preference for products. I see. Well, Karen, this this proposal from the SEC, it sounds like it specifically impacts people who invest in certain companies. But what about people who don't? It's absolutely going to drive transparency, really, for all publicly traded companies. And so what's interesting is actually about half of all Americans do own companies, often through their retirement accounts. So interestingly, many people are going to be participating directly or indirectly from that sense. But broadly, what this is going to do is allow the economy to start to absorb climate information. So we're all living through actual physical changes due to climate and weather, et cetera. This now changes how we're going to know about what companies are doing and really what we're going to know about the risk that they might face. I see. So whether you buy the company or not, you're living in that world now. Mamadou, companies, you know, they've always had to disclose risks. So tell us what exactly is different about this proposal. So the main difference is that now you do acknowledge that climate risk is actually a financial risk. That's a major departure, right? You're acknowledging the fact that physical risk that is impacting companies and regions and also the transitional risk to a lower carbon economy has financial materiality to a certain extent. So when you think about a company reporting on a quarterly basis, quarterly earning, now they will have to provide climate disclosure in their audited uh, numbers that they're providing back to the market and to, cons- to consumer. Mm. And so the fact that companies will have to provide a disclosure is a major departure. And also it will allow investors to understand who's doing what, what are the best practices. Now, if I were to give you a sense of where we stand today mm-hmm. based on the proposal, and I take the Russell 1000, which is a bellwether index for large and big companies in the U.S., only 53% of the companies in the Russell 1000 index are compliant with the proposal, meaning that a lot of companies will have to improve, invest, and disclose by 2023 if the proposal were to pass. How would the SEC enforce these rules exactly? Yeah. So they are asking for an insurance assessment and an auditing process, which is not yet in place. And knowing that, that's why the leeway between the proposal and the potential uh, disclosure date is actually pushing to the end of 2023 and then even 2024 up to 2026. So it's actually a phased approach to allow companies to, first of all, get access to the data, assess it, and then provide the right reporting. And also there is a cost attached to it. There is an analysis that I read a few days ago saying that it's going to cost company year one around $600,000 to actually ensure that they have the right climate data and the reporting framework. It is an investment for companies, right? Yeah. And they understand that it's now becoming a prerequisite to actually be in compliance with the SEC requirements. You help people invest in what you call innovation solutions or renewable energies like wind and solar. So I've got to ask, are these funds as profitable for investors? <laughs> I have a major disclaimer and a head of compliance looking at <laughs> me right now, so I'll prevent myself from answering directly. But what I could tell you is that investors and consumers now have options to align their values and their belief when it comes to climate with their investable portfolios, right? And so having these options through ETFs and other type of vehicles actually improve the choice for consumer or financial products. And providing more disclosure and information is also facilitating the options and how you can access to these products. Karen, I'll let you jump back in here. Do you have a question for Mamadou? Absolutely, Mamadou. I'd love to know 
how will this possible regulation change the actual kind of financial products that are available? Yeah. So in the moment that it is a prerequisite, as a portfolio manager than I am, uh, when I assess companies, I will have more information and I can make a choice in how I compose a portfolio. And so for me, the main difference will be that it will be a prerequisite to actually have products or investment vehicles that are accounting for climate risk in their composition, right? And so the initial question that Sasha asked was around what does it mean for the consumer? What does it mean for the end users? Well, it means that the way we invest more is likely to be different, and we can expect more innovation in that space based on a regulatory push, which I find fascinating, is that regulation is pushing innovation in a space that needs innovation. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that is Mamadou Abusar, president of V-Square Quantitative Management. And we've been discussing the Securities and Exchange Commission's climate proposal and how it might create create more options for investors to, to support climate solutions. Mamadou, thank you so much for making the time. My pleasure. Reset Sustainability contributor Karen Weigert is sticking around, and I want to bring another voice to this conversation. Melissa Conyers-Irvin is the City of Chicago treasurer, and she's tasked with the city's divestment from fossil fuels. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Madam Treasurer, the, the city ordinance that you're tasked with implementing takes a different approach than the SEC is proposing. You are actively divesting from fossil fuel companies, which are known to be major contributors to climate change. So since this is still very fresh, tell us, how does it feel? Yeah, and and actually, I'm not just tasked with initiating this. I initiated this ordinance myself. Okay. Um, This is something, actually, when I came into office in 2019, this is something that I have been looking at, and it actually took me about 18 months that I got to a point as treasurer to fully divest taxpayer dollars from fossil fuel companies. And so what I did as treasurer was actually um, approach Mayor Lightfoot, approach city council by saying, I think that we need to cement this going forward. Yes, I as treasurer have done this now, but we want to make certain that the future does not reinvest in these fossil fuel companies. And so I'm very proud that this is an ordinance that I initiated and it was passed by city council on last week. Okay. Well, you also oversee the the, the city's investments in pensions. Uh, You've already divested about $70 million from fossil fuel companies. Are are all of the city's portfolios being divested? And so that is a very good question because it's actually a different entity. When you look at the the divestment that I've made within the Chicago Treasurer's Office Mm -hmm. of taxpayer dollars, we're talking about mostly corporate bonds. But when you look at the pension funds, which I am the only elected official that is a trustee on all four of the city's pension funds, so that is an accurate question, it is a separate investment tool, which means that we have um, a governing board for each pension fund, and that is a separate vote, and it's not actually um, under the jurisdiction of this ordinance that we passed. But please know know that this is a conversation that is very serious for us in the pension funds, especially with the recent war in Ukraine. This This is a very hot topic for us because we want to make certain that we are doing right by the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Hey, Karen, we, we should note that President Biden is expected to um, tap into oil reserves to ease that sticker shock at the pump. What does it mean to be divesting 
while we are still deeply reliant on fossil fuels? It's a great example of just how intertwined our economy is today with the fossil fuel economy. And uh, it speaks to the challenges that you see across the board. You know, as an example, the electricity grid that's providing us all the ability to turn our lights on, that's mixed right now with fossil and non-fossil. But this is an example of trying to move the needle from where we are to where we need to go, recognizing some things will work near term, some things will work longer term. Uh, but this is an example right now of taking action. And it's interesting to think about the treasurer, a place that people don't often say, hey, where are we going to go for climate action? Mm-hmm. They might go to Department of Transportation or they might go to Department of Water. This is a new part, but it is an example, though, of how intermixed this all is. You've got to move on all fronts. Madam Treasurer, is the idea that divestment hurts companies enough that they want to modify their behavior? You know, there's a statement, put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And I actually heard someone say that while we all may speak different languages, everyone understands economics. And so this is a topic that when we talk about money, um, this is a topic that we can all have a conversation about and we can actually speak from what our mission is, from what our values are. I wanted to piggyback on something that Karen said, Sasha, for a moment. Sure. Because I think that question that you're asking is such a good question that, that's been asked of me. Is this the right time? Looking at oil prices, looking at gas prices. You know, when the pandemic first hit, what a lot of people are not um, acknowledging, there was oil was like minus $38 a barrel. So now, yes, we can seize the moment with pricing, but oil prices are extremely volatile. And it's actually very risky when we're talking about taxpayer dollars. So I just want to make certain that people, because I think a lot of times they look at today's pricing, but just a few years ago, it was minus $38 a barrel, which would have hit us tremendously. Mm-hmm. You know, as you talk about um, diverting these funds, uh, talk about how it will impact people's pensions. Can you help us understand that, Madam Treasurer? So for corporate bonds, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see that correlation with pensions because right now we're talking about corporate bonds of companies that um, are fossil fuel companies. I'm just trying to understand the question. Gotcha. You want to elaborate for me, if, if need be, or. Well, help us understand further than how your work is going to be impacted by this proposal by the SEC. Okay, so okay, now I know what you're saying. I'm asking. So with the pension funds, we have very different asset allocations for a reason, because we need to be diverse, because it's very important that we are not heavily loaded into one class. So pension funds, we're looking at equities, we're looking at bonds, we're looking at alternative investments like private equity, private debt. Um, And so we are making certain that we protect ourselves um, in this type of environment. And Karen, uh, there are some listeners listening right now who might link divestment from fossil fuel with historic divestment efforts. What would you say to that? It's an absolutely appropriate link to make because it's this idea that you mentioned a little bit earlier about how to drive change and does refusing to buy something or selling something off actually drive change against that topic. Uh, And that's clearly been a way, one of the tools that investors have used for decades 
I think the strongest example is probably <clears throat> the questions of the South African race-based government structure in the 1980s. And uh, many, many companies and many, many organizations divested from South Africa at that time. And that's when Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison. Uh, but you're also seeing it geopolitically right now where people are asking the same question about Russia. So it's absolutely the right link to make because this is one way that individuals and organizations can try to drive change. And this happens to be through the tool of divestment. That was Karen Weigert, Reset Sustainability Contributor and City of Chicago Treasurer Melissa Conyers Irvin. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.